Hello and welcome to the Old Time Radio Forever broadcast. I'm your host, Matt Perry. Join us weekly as we explore the golden era of American radio through the dramas, westerns, mysteries, and comedies that shaped the golden age. Be sure to give us a thumbs up or a five-star review on all of the podcast directories that you may use. Hey, Old Time Radio Forever listeners, your host Matt Perry here. As you know, I am always on the lookout for other great podcasts. And it is an honor to be able to be working with the Ghost Town Podcast. The Ghost Town Podcast is everything I love in a podcast. It is quirky. It is a little creepy. It is fantastic. To tell you a little bit about the Ghost Town Podcast, it's hosted by two comedians. So you always get a laugh out of the podcast. It's twice a week, every Wednesday. True crime, weird history, and a little bit of haunted and paranormal. And on Friday, you get historical or pop culture fails. So be sure to check out our friends over at the Ghost Town Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Family, written by Clifford Goldsmith and starring Ezra Stone. Entertainment for all the family, brought to you by Postum, a tempting, wholesome drink for all the family. Postum. Friends, before we join the Aldrich family... Listen, does that mean anything to you? Uh, Doesn't that sound just like your bedroom clock when it's dark and late at night and you're lying there unable to sleep? Well, if it does, if you know how the seconds drag when you're kept awake, just think of this. Coffee may be robbing you of sleep. Perhaps you'd sleep better if you drank Postum instead. Yes, even though many folks can drink coffee and sleep, many others, perhaps you among them, cannot. So do as millions have done. If you think coffee keeps you awake, switch to Postum because it's stimulant-free. Because Postum, unlike coffee, contains nothing that could cause sleeplessness. Just drink fragrant, flavorful Postum instead of coffee. And after a fair trial of, say, two short weeks, see if you aren't enjoying good, sound sleep again and lots of it. See if you don't say, thank goodness for Postum. Buck Finn, Tom Sawyer, Penrod Schofield. They're more than boys in books because the things they say and do are things real boys say and do. And now, Henry Aldrich joins the ranks of these typical American youngsters. A boy from your town, perhaps from your own home. Now it is evening. We find Henry in the Aldrich living room with his father and mother. 
Father, could I bother you for just a second? What about? All I want to ask you is to do something for me. What is it? Well, first, are you sure you're comfortable? Comfortable? Yes, sir. Can I get you anything first? You may. You may get me my pipe. Yes, Father. I'd be very glad to. Where is it? It's apparently upstairs. Tell me what it is you want. Oh, no, Father. I'd rather you have everything you want before I bring up what I'm going to. Sam, did the Johnsons say definitely they're coming over? They did, Alice. And I suppose, of course, they'll want to play bridge. They certainly will. Sometimes I wonder whether the Johnsons ever do anything but play bridge. Well, you can't blame them much. There's just the two of them. Well, sometimes I wonder if they realize what they've missed by not having any children. Here's your pipe, Father, and your tobacco. Oh, thank you. And all I want to ask you for is only 25 cents. Henry. Yes, Mother. I thought I said you were not to have that 25 cents. Not even from Father? Not even from anyone, dear. Alice, are there any matches out in the kitchen? Yes, Sam. But, Mother, this is the first time I've ever taken Loretta out, and it's going to be a swell dance. You don't want me to be embarrassed, do you? I thought you had the tickets. I have. But how am I going to buy her a hot dog afterwards? I'm sorry, but I don't know. Well, look, Mother, would you be willing to tell me why you won't advance it? Henry, I have nothing more to say. Nothing whatever? You won't even give me a hint as to why you won't? Mother, is it because you don't believe in letting me have money in advance or because you don't think the hot dog would be good for me? <laughs> Mother? It happens to be both. All right, I've got an answer for both. Henry, dear, if you don't care enough to do anything for me, I certainly can't be expected to do anything for you. Mother, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not surprised. Well... Is it something you asked me to do and I forgot, or something I shouldn't have done and you found out I did? Never mind. Because it isn't as though I were asking you for 50 cents or 35 cents or even 30. All I'm asking is enough to buy a hot dog for each of us and a root beer for Loretta. I'd rather eat mine dry than ask you for one cent more. How are you going to get Loretta to the dance? I think there'll be room in Jimmy's car, Mother. All I have to do is keep trying until his phone answers. Well, don't you think it's time you made some definite arrangements? You don't suppose Father would... You don't suppose he... You don't suppose I'd what? Nothing, Father. Mother, will you tell me this? Is it because I forgot to hang up my pajamas? Henry, if you're going to take Loretta to the dance, the thing for you to do is call Jimmy and see whether he has room for you. Yes, Mother. I'm going to... Right out to the phone now. And I'm only sorry I didn't do whatever it is you want me to do for you. Alice, what was it he didn't do? Never mind, Sam. It's completely unimportant. Is this the only deck of cards we have? No, dear. There's another deck right here on the table. I asked him distinctly. It was the last thing I asked him to do before he left the house. And he came right back from the store without it. Without what? Never mind. Well, what was it? The ginger ale. For tonight? Yes, Sam. I asked him distinctly to get six bottles of ginger ale... And, of course, that was the one thing he didn't bring. Well, now, Alice, don't let it upset you like that. You know the Johnsons, once they start playing bridge, they'll forget they're thirsty. Sam, it isn't just the ginger ale. It's the fact that Henry can be so wrapped up in himself that he never even thinks of anything else. Well, I'll give him a little talking to. Now, Sam, you're not even to mention it. Let him find out for himself how thoughtless he's been. Where's the score pad? Oh, right there in that stand drawer. As a matter of fact, I'd even planned to ask you to drive him and Loretta to the dance tonight. Well, it's a good thing you didn't. I'm settled here for the evening. I'm simply going to make this a lesson for him. Mother, why do you suppose Jimmy Bartlett doesn't answer? I'm afraid, dear, that's your problem. Yes, Mother, I'll find somebody that'll take us. And, Mother, before I forget it, when I came home, the icebox was full. I beg your pardon? So I left it outside the back door in the snowbank. You left what out there? Don't you remember? Your ginger ale. The ginger ale? You got the ginger ale? Yeah, sure. Didn't you want it? 
Well, Henry, that's fine. I wonder whether Homer Brown would have room for us in his car. Henry, uh, Sam, do you have 25 cents in change? 25 cents? I have three dimes. Well, dear, give them to Henry. To I, Mother? 30 cents? Henry, Henry, if you and Loretta are going to dance all evening, the least you'll want afterwards is something to eat. But, Mother, wouldn't you like to tell me first what it is I did that you didn't want to give it to me for? Henry, as I said before, let's forget the whole thing. Sam, is there any reason why you couldn't drive Henry to the dance? What, sir? Drive me? Yes. Drive Henry? Yes, dear. It won't take you 20 minutes. But, Alice, the Johnsons are coming. My goodness, all you have to do is drive Henry over and pick up Loretta and drop, drop them at the country club. But, Alice, don't you realize the roads are banked with snow? The plows have opened everything up, Father. Pretty nearly. Of course they have. Of course they have. Now, Sam... Henry, get your things on. Yes, Father. Well, gee whiz, boy, I wanted to take Loretta in our car all the time. It's twice as good as George Bigelow. Alice, suppose the Johnsons get here before I get back. What harm will it do if the bridge game has to wait five minutes? As a matter of fact, if they had a boy of their own, they'd understand. Where are my gloves? They're right here on the radiator, Father. No, I'll answer the phone. You two get started. Goodbye, Mother. And thanks very much. Come on, Henry. Don't slip on the porch. Goodbye. Have a good time, and thank you for getting the ginger ale. Hello? Hello. Is this Elm 303? Yes. Who is this? This is Mrs. Aldrich. Oh, hello, Mrs. Aldrich. Hello. Who is this? Hi, this is Loretta. Can I speak with Henry? Henry? Uh, will you wait just a minute, please? Loretta, I just looked out the window, dear. Henry and his father just this minute pulled away. Oh, he's on his way over to get me? Yes. Well, maybe I should have called earlier. What for? I'm way out here. Where? Oh, that's all right. My folks will tell him when he gets there. Well, dear, where are you? I'm out at my aunt's. It's only six miles out in the Middletown Road, though. Six miles? Yes. Does Henry have chains? I don't think he does. Are the roads quite bad? Georgie in his place for a change. What are you going to wear? My light blue. Your light blue. Have I ever seen it? No. Oh, I've got to hang up, Agnes, or Henry may go right by. Father, is this the country club? I don't know. Open the window so I can see. No, I guess this isn't it yet. We made pretty good time, Mr. Aldridge, even if you have only been able to go ten miles an hour. Yes. Uh, Henry, is that a car right ahead of us? No, how could it be? Yes! Yes, do you will! Hold on! Mr. Aldrich, what are we doing? Nothing. Just trying to stop. Gee <sighs> oh, whiz, here we are. Turned right around and facing the other way. Isn't this the country club? Oh, yes. Gee, Father, it's lucky you skidded or we would have gone right by it. You mean we're here? Sure. Well, I certainly want to thank you, Mr. Aldrich. I never had such an exciting ride. And I hope, Father, you won't be too late getting back to the house. That's all right. Just get out of the car. Yes, sir. Don't slip, Loretta. Henry, just look.
look. What's the matter? My gracious, look at everybody going in. What's the matter with them? All the girls are wearing long dresses, Henry, and you told me it was informal. It is informal. But it couldn't be, Henry. It just couldn't be if they're all wearing long dresses. Are you out yet? Mr. Aldrich, I can't get out. Why not? I'm not dressed. What's that? <laughs> well, look, Loretta, why don't we just stick our heads inside and see whether there aren't some others informal? Henry, I'd die if I went in there. George Bigelow and everyone is going to be in there. I'd simply die. Why would you die? Go ahead in and dance. Have a good time. But, Mr. Aldrich, Henry told me. He told me distinctly I wouldn't have to dress. But, Loretta, Homer Brown told me distinctly it was informal. He said, don't let your girl dress. She'll only be conspicuous. Well, what are you going to do? Well, that's what I don't know. Look, Loretta, couldn't we... Couldn't we sort of... Sort of what? Henry, I have guests back at the house that are waiting to play bridge. What are you going to do? Well, Mr. Aldrich, it isn't as though you'd have to drive me all the way back to my aunt's. My evening clothes are at my own house. That's hardly three miles from here. Loretta... Why don't you just walk in with your head up and show the whole town you don't care what they think? But I do care, Mr. Aldrich. All right, why don't you and Henry go to a movie? But, Father, look, I've got the tickets for the dance. Henry, the Johnsons can't even play one hand of bridge until I get there, and it's been an hour and ten minutes since I left the house. But couldn't they be playing some other game, Mr. Aldrich? The Johnsons don't play any other game. Well, look, Father, could you step out of the car for a second? While I speak to you confidentially. Loretta, would you mind closing the door? You aren't going to leave me here, are you? Uh, Loretta, close the door. Yes, Mr. Aldrich. Now then, Henry, as long as we're alone, may I say one thing? Father, all I want to ask you is to loan me enough money to hire a taxi. Why? To take her home while she changes. Henry, I don't even have my wallet with me. Don't you have any change at all? I do not. Father, this is the first time I've ever taken her out. She's really George Bigelow's girl. You don't want me to give her the, the wrong impression of our family, do you? Henry, if you'd listened to Homer more carefully, you wouldn't be in this predicament. But, Father, I'm sure he said it was to be informal. He couldn't have, son. I just saw Homer go into the clubhouse one minute ago with his own girl. Was she in a long dress? Of course she was. And she was. I don't know what made me think he did say it. Because, son, you don't pay attention. You're like your mother. You simply jump at conclusions. But, Father, couldn't you make an exception just this once? If I promise to listen very carefully in the future? Henry, I cannot. This is your fault. Hey, Henry. <laughs> Who's that? It's Homer Brown. I just want to tell you I'm sorry I gave you that bum steer. I thought it was going to be informal. Homer, did you tell Henry it was going to be informal? Yeah, and boy, I bet his girl hates me. She hates you. Gee whiz, Homer. Henry, just forget the whole thing. I'm only telling him how I feel, Father. Get in the car. Hurry up. Where are we going? Over to Loretta's while she changes her clothes. Mrs. Aldrich. Uh, yes, Mrs. Johnson. Isn't that a car I see driving up in front of the house? Uh, one moment while I look out of the window. You mean Mr. Aldrich is finally back? No, whoever it is is getting out and going in next door. Oh, I wonder whether he plays bridge. Well, I suppose you have to expect these things when you have children. Well, I'm almost positive Sam will be driving in any minute. Frank, it would be much easier on you if you'd stop shopping those cards. That's all you've been doing all evening. Thought I'd just have them ready. There he is. Is that the front door? It's the telephone. He's probably calling to say he'll be right here. Hello? Hello, is this Mother? Yes. May I speak to Father, please? With your father? He isn't here, dear. He isn't? Well, where is he? I have no idea. We've been waiting here for him all evening. Well, maybe he hasn't had time to get there. What's happened, Henry? It was formal, and Loretta wasn't. What's that? She had to make a change, Mother, and the roads are rather icy. But when he got us back here to the 
long ago. About an hour ago. An hour ago? Well, maybe it was a half an hour ago. Well, even so, dear, he should certainly be here by now. Mother, I wouldn't be worried. The front wheel doesn't interfere with his driving very much. The, the front wheel? The right one. And the reason I called, Mother, when Father left here, Homer Brown said he'd take Loretta and me home. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and be sure to tell Homer to drive carefully. Well, Mother, the trouble is, since then, I've had a fight with Homer. You have? And Loretta's had a fight with Homer's girl. Well, Henry, was that necessary? It was really on account of Father, Mother, so don't you think he'd be willing to come and get us when the dance is over? Henry, your fat father can't possibly go out again. Wouldn't the chances enjoy coming over with him? You just ask around and find someone there at the dance that can take you home. But suppose I can't. Henry, the thing for us to worry about right now is your father. Oh. Please go back and ask some of the boys whether they can't help you. Yes, Mother. And if we don't hear from you again, we'll know you've found someone. Yes, Mother, I'll try. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm sorry to say that wasn't Sam. No? Well, you aren't worried, are you, my dear? Oh, no. Mr. Johnson, do you have change on your car? Well, for once, it isn't Henry who's missing, but his father. And since he's so badly needed at the bridge table, we can only hope that he'll turn up soon. Meanwhile, let me ask you something about your dining table. Do you think that Postum should have a place on it only if coffee keeps you awake? Well, if you do, I can only say you're missing something. You're missing a mealtime drink that, for downright enjoyment alone, is one of the grandest things you and your family ever tasted. You'll say so yourself once you try Postum. For a good hot cup of Postum gives you a fragrance and flavor that have made it the favorite mealtime drink in millions of American homes. And mind you, it doesn't taste like coffee or like tea. Postum's flavor is distinctive, and it's every bit as delicious as it is different. Economical. Still selling at its usual low cost of less than one-half cent a cup, Postum is one drink your whole family can enjoy and at the same time ease the household budget. So for enjoyment and economy... Serve steaming, delicious Postum to grown-ups and children alike and find out why no drink is quite so good as Postum for all the families. But getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Mrs. Aldrich, worried and embarrassed over the tardy return of her husband who has driven Henry to the country club dance, continues to wait without any news from him. Meanwhile, Henry is having his own troubles. As the scene opens, we find him dancing with his girl. Oh, you're a wonderful dancer, Henry. I am? Why do you keep looking over your shoulder all the time? No reason. I just want to see who's here. What's the matter, Henry? The matter? What do you mean? You've hardly said ten words during this whole dance. Well... The fact is, I'm worried. What about? Do you suppose if we phoned your father, he'd come after us? He isn't home tonight. Oh. Well, then that's out. Can't your father come after us? Oh, yes. He'd be glad to. I've just been asking a couple of fellows in case. You know, my father wanted to play a little bridge. He was hoping to. Oh. You know, I like your father, Henry. You do? Uh Uh-huh. When he first looks at you, you think, my goodness, he's mad at me. But then it turns out he's just apparently thinking of something else. All in all, he's pretty good. Doesn't he ever really get mad? Well, don't misunderstand me. He can lose his temper. 
You know, if he's planning to use his tools and he doesn't know I put them away carefully someplace else where he doesn't happen to know where it is, and boy, then does he tear around. Really? For the whole next hour, you want to keep out of his way. Really? Sure. But he never gets what you could really call mad. I sort of wish I could find someone to take us home. Henry, I have an idea. Why couldn't George Bigelow drive us home? George Bigelow? Yes. George Bigelow? Why should we ask him? Why not? He's here all alone, Henry, and he's got his car. Sure. I noticed he was here all alone. I noticed. Now, Henry, don't be silly. There he is right over there. George! Oh, George! Listen, Loretta, if you call him, he'll only want to dance with you again. Oh, he hasn't danced with me so much. Gee whiz, he's cut in on almost every dance. Well, I didn't ask him to, Henry. Hey, Loretta! Yes, George? Come on out on the porch. I want to show you something. George, you wouldn't mind driving us home, would you? No, Loretta, it won't be necessary. No, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind at all. I said it wouldn't be necessary. And anyway, Loretta's staying way out at her aunt's tonight. What of it? All I have to do is drop you first, and then I'll take Loretta home. What's that? Listen, I brought Loretta here, and I'm going to take her home. Of course you are. I'm just going to help you. No, you're not. I'm going to take her home myself. Now, boys, wait. Now, wait. listen, Aldrich. Now, listen yourself. <laughs> It is. Well, my goodness, Sam, where have you been? Where have I been? Where haven't I been? Well, dear, are you all right? Of course I am. Why shouldn't I be? Well, what have you been doing all this time? I'll tell you all about it later. Let's go in and start playing bridge. I'll just wash my hands. Start playing bridge? Where's Mr. Johnson? What do you mean, where is he? Sam, he drove out to get you. What did you do that for? Because Mrs. Johnson and I were worried about you. Well, now, Alice, why did you do a thing like that? Mrs. Aldridge, has anything happened to Frank? Well, no, dear, of course nothing has. Sam, you must have seen him. He took the road right out to the country club. Well, I took the shortcut over Kendall Hill. That's where I had the trouble. What trouble? I couldn't get over it. You mean it's... You mean it's that slippery out? It is. And you don't think you ought to do anything about it? Do anything? What could I do? Well, Sam, I think if he went out for you, the least you can do is go out for him. Alice, you should never have sent him. But I thought something happened to you. You were simply jumping at conclusions. You weren't able to get over Kendall Hill, were you? No, but all I did was slide down it backwards. Well, that's all the more reason you ought to go out and get him. Alice. To tell you the truth, Mr. Aldrich, I am worried. Where did I put my coat? Right here on the banister. And, Sam, drive carefully because I'm going to worry about you every minute you're gone. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'd just as soon put the car up tonight and not get it out all winter. Oh, just a minute. Hello? Well, was this you, Father? It is. Well, this is Henry. Father, you'll have to come out here and get me when the dance is over. What's that? I'm sorry, Father, but it's an emergency. My whole reputation is at stake. What about? I'm just not going to let him get away with it, that's all. Henry. I'll explain everything when I see you. Goodbye. But, Henry. 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 Henry, aren't you going home? Sure, Homer. I'm waiting for Loretta. Where is she? She's upstairs in the powder room getting her things on. Oh. That's funny, because if I remember correctly, I heard George Bigelow say something about taking Loretta home. You're crazy, Homer. There you are, jumping at conclusions again. Loretta's up there mending a hem on her skirt. Well, George was talking about it, Henry. And incidentally, I wonder where Agnes is. I hope she's ditched you. Well, gee, darn near everybody else has gone home. Have I kept you waiting, Homer? Yes. So long, Henry. You can still come home with us if you want to. That's all right, Homer. My father will be here in a minute. 
Agnes, did you happen to notice whether Loretta is almost ready? Loretta? I don't know, Henry. I didn't see her upstairs. You didn't? Well, she's up there all right, Agnes. She's mending her hem. Remember what I heard George say, Henry. You're crazy. So long, man. Good night. Good night. Young man, would you mind stepping over to one side while I sweep up here? Oh, excuse me. Did you all have a nice dance tonight? Well, pretty good. Everybody seemed to. Why don't you go home? Well, I'm going to just as soon as my father gets here. Would you mind not standing in front of this piano? I want to close it up. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my, look at those ashes. Have you seen anyone up in the powder room? Who, your father? No, my girl. Loretta Taylor. Do you know her? I don't know, but she ain't up there. Are you sure? I certainly didn't see anybody, and I just came down from there ten seconds ago. You didn't see anyone at all? No, sir. Oh. Now, young man, if you'll stand over to the other side, unless you want to get your feet wet, I'll start mopping. Sure. There isn't more than one powder room up there, is there? There never has been. Say, I don't suppose I should ask you, but I ain't going to be long cleaning up here. You couldn't give me a lift home, could you? Well, as a matter of fact, I don't think I'll wait any longer myself. Oh. Your girl ditched you? Oh, no, no. I guess she didn't want to bother my father. So she just went home. Incidentally, in case my father comes here after I've left, will you tell him I'm walking home? Oh, sure. I'd phone him, only she was. I spent all my nickels phoning home as it is. Now then, Mr. Johnson, I guess you're waiting for me. Yes, sir. It's your turn. Well, now let's see. No, I can't do it that way. You stuck? No, I'll figure this out. You certainly got me in a jam here. Well, I was only following your lead. Yes. Well, let me try it this way. I'll put my car in reverse, and you see if you can push me. I don't think that will work. Excuse me, mister, but could you give me a lift? What's that? Gee whiz, Father, is that you? Henry, where did you come from? I'm walking home, so you won't have to go all the way out to the clubhouse and get me. Well, that's very thoughtful of you. Are both of your cars stuck here? Uh, Henry, stand back. We're going to try it once more. Easy, easy, that isn't going to do it. No, I guess it isn't. Father, wait a second. Here comes a car. Wait, I'll flag them. Let me. Hey! Hey, can you give us a hand? What is it you want? Is that you, Homer? Of course it is. Well, can you help pull either one of these cars out of here? How? There's nothing to it. All you have to do is... Now, wait a minute, Henry. Let me tell him. Just back up behind Mr. Johnson's car real slowly. Is there room for me to get in there? Is there... Henry, is there? What, Homer? Hey, Homer, what'd you do that for? I thought I had room. That's it. Jumping at some more conclusions. Sam, do you want me to turn out the light? I'll turn it out. You in bed? Yes, dear. Come 
I tired. Well, I should think you'd be dead. What did the Johnsons say when they went home? Not a thing. They simply put on their coats and left. Without even looking at a bridge deck? You know, Sam, it's really a pity the Johnsons have no family. Then they'd understand how easy and natural it is to make sacrifices for them. Yes, I suppose you're right. Did Henry say anything to you about Loretta? Why, he didn't mention it to me. Well, I'm afraid Sam, he was terribly hurt this evening. Father? Yes, Henry? Could I just thank you once more for all you've done for me tonight? You're very welcome, son. Now, please go to bed. Yes, Father. Wasn't it lucky that wrecking car got us out so quick? Yes, dear. Now, please go to bed. Your father's tired. Yes, Mother. Is that the telephone? Yes, turn on the light so I can find it. I've got it, Father. It's right here. Hello? Hello. Is Henry Aldrich there? Yes. Well, this is Loretta. Loretta? Yes. And I just want to say, Henry Aldrich, I think you're the meanest, most horrid person I've ever known in my life. What have I done? Well, I'm sorry. I didn't go home with George Bigelow. Who did you go home with? I didn't go home with anyone. I'm still here. At the clubhouse? Of course I am. And I've just simply got to get home, Henry. Well, just a minute. Father, have you gone entirely to sleep yet? Henry Aldrich will be back in just a moment. In the meantime, if coffee keeps you awake, see if you don't sleep better drinking Postum instead. You'll enjoy Postum's grand taste, you and your whole family. And as an all-family drink, you'll find Postum most economical. Still selling at its usual low cost of less than one-half cent a cup. So ask your grocer for Postum tomorrow. Father, I just got a note from Loretta. Did you? It's about our going back for her the other night. Yes? She says, words will never express my appreciation, especially of the behavior of your father. Not once did he complain. Not once did he embarrass me by so much as looking in my direction. Not once did he even say a word. Henry, your father must be a very wonderful, silent man. Listen again next week to the Aldrich family, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with your favorite youngster, his family, and his pals. The Aldrich family, starring Ezra Stone, is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Original music is composed and conducted by Jack Miller. This is Dan Seymour saying you will enjoy fragrant, flavorful Postum. And remember, Postum contains no stimulants. It cannot keep you awake. Good night. Why all the cheering? Haven't you heard? Listen, it's hot off the griddle. Log cabin syrup. America's favorite table syrup is selling at money-saving, big-value prices. Remember, you get the same matchless log cabin syrup, same high-quality, same mouth-watering, old-fashioned flavor, so delicious with piping hot pancakes or waffles. Tomorrow, buy log cabin syrup from your grocer. You'll find prices on all three sizes are surprisingly low, well within your housekeeping budget. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Low, well within your housekeeping budget. This is the National Broadcasting Company. It's Texaco time with Fred Allen. 
sailors from coast to coast present the Texaco Star Theater, starring Fred Allen, with Fred Guest, Albert Spaulding, the eminent concert violinist, Portland Hoffa, Falstaff Openshaw, the Texaco Workshop Players, Hilo Jack of the Dame, and Al Goodman and his orchestra. This is Jimmy Wallington reminding you that now, when your car is beginning another year of service, it's wise to start the care that can keep it running for years to come. Regular Texaco lubrication and irregular Texaco checkup stem to stern. The first rule in making your car last is seeing your Texaco dealer regular. Tonight we present our first program of the new year and bring you a man who, for 1944, has resolved to be with you Sundays, even if he can't be with you Mondays and always. And here he is, Fred Allen. Thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and a happy new year as of yesterday to you, Jimmy. Well, thank you very much, Fred. Did you have a good time this New Year's Eve? Well, we didn't do very much. About 30 of us went up to Lake Placid. Lake Placid, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, we were skiing the New Year in. Uh... Well, anything that we tell after that joke will be, uh, will sound good, Jimmy. That's an ideal joke to start off with. Skiing the New Year yeah. in. I get it. Tell me, Fred, what did you do New Year's Eve? Well, I went over to a little club on 52nd Street, Jimmy, the Broken Door. The Broken the Door? The second one on the right. Yeah. yeah. It's just a small place. The ceiling is so low, when they serve frog's legs, the frog's legs are kneeling down. <laughs> If the place is so small, how can people dance in there? Well, it's rather hard to dance, Jimmy. The other night, a woman doing a rumba backed into a wall and rubbed off two murals. Well, what did you do to celebrate, Fred? Well, to celebrate, we just stood around till midnight, Jimmy. As the clock struck 12, we drank a toast to the German Navy. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. That's good. All that's left of the German Navy is 2,000 men in sailor suits treading water. <laughs> England has a new naval slogan now, you know. You mean for Germany? Oh, yes. The slogan is, from you boats to few boats. <laughs> Mr. Allen! Well, Portland, You could have come in a little sooner with the applause on that other joke. We'd have saved the wear and tear on the audience. <laughs> well, Portland, did you have a nice new year? Yes. Mama had two stools reserved at Lincoln's Drugstore. Two stools? <laughs> you, uh, you saw the new year in at a soda fountain? Yes. As the clock struck 12, Mama raised her milkshake and said, Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year. Say, what is that, what is that weird aroma that seems to be permeating the premises here? Oh, it's my new Christmas perfume. Oh, perfume. Evening in Yonkers, is it? <laughs> no, it's called Breath of Sinatra. <laughs> Breath of Sinatra. Well, I've heard him sing. I wondered what he had done with his breath. <laughs> Bye. 
Okay. Say, I met a... <laughs> I met a girl, a Sinatra fan, the other day who was carrying one of Sinatra's hangnails in her locket. But after that gag, Portland, I think we'd better run for Alan's Alley. What is your question tonight? Well, this past week, you know, you may have seen in the papers, Mayor LaGuardia declared war on the loan shark. To stop loan sharks from molting people with their high interest rates, the mayor wants the savings banks to enter the small loan business. And so our question is, how do you feel about this loan shark problem? Shall we leave for the alley? Well, why not? Well, here we are back in Allen's Alley, Portland. There's a light in the first house. Uh, say, there's a new name on the door, Senator Blow. Let's see what the Senator <laughs> Senate looks like. Yes? Senator Bloat? I'm Senator Bloat. You'll have to talk fast, though. I'm rehearsing a filibuster. <laughs> How do you feel about this small loan business? Mitchells have as much right to borrow money as anybody. <laughs> no, I mean loan shark. A loan shark is like a polecat. A polecat? If either one gives you a cent, you'll pay through the nose. <laughs> I thank you. Well, so much. So much for Senator Blow. Say, there's a new name on this second house, Portland. Mrs. Prawn. Well, what is it? <laughs> well, tell me, Mrs. Prawn, how do you feel about loan sharks? Don't talk about loan sharks to me. I'm married to one. Well, isn't it embarrassing? No. To the rest of the world, he's a loan shark. But he takes no interest in me. <laughs> well, I'll take care of Mrs. Prawn. I'll try this next house here. <laughs> Socrates Mulligan. Well, Socrates, what do you think about this loan shark business? Yeah, I once bought an iron deer on the installment plan. An iron deer, huh? Yeah, yeah. For eight years, I had to borrow $10 a week from a loan shark. An old man. An old loan shark, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. They charged me 6%. 6%. Yeah. Then a loan shark died. I went to the funeral. I was your pallbearer. You were you were a pallbearer? Yeah. I figured if the loan shark would carry me eight years, I could carry him eight blocks. <laughs> A nice thought, a, a yeah, nice and the spirit of yeah, levitation. That's what I thought. Well, who who took over the business? Uh, the loan shark's son. Oh, fine. Uh, the, the next time I went in, the son tried to charge me nine percent. Nine percent? Well, didn't you protest? Yeah, I said, oh, wait a minute. For eight years, I've been on ten dollars a week, and your father charged me six percent. Good for you. Uh, I said, what do your father think when he looks down from heaven and sees you charging me nine? What did the loan shark's son say? Uh, he says, when my father looks down from heaven and sees this nine, to, to him it'll look like a six. That brings us to the last house in the alley. Falstaff, beating at his door, wishes all a happy forty four. Well, Falstaff. Staff, tell me that with the new year, you have resolved to give up poetry. Oh, contraire. Really? I have been composing as I have never composed before. More new poems? Indubitably. Mm -hmm. Have you heard, as I sat there reading Omar Khayyam, 
She opened my sandwich and took out the spam? <laughs> no. Or, uh, come out of that dumbwaiter, Mother dear. I'll never let you down. <laughs> no. Or, uh, everyone said they saw Hitler's end when he lost his panzers in the Nyepa Bend. Now <laughs> Tonight we are talking about loan sharks. Precisely why I am here. I have written a poem. Except what? Recipe for a loan shark. Recipe for a loan shark. How does it go? If you take the eye of a cobra and the heart of the tiniest flea, and you add the soul of a vulture and the nerve of the bumblebee, if you take the mind of the lowly worm and the character of a swine, the tolerance of a buzzard, the warmth of a wildcat's wine... Then add the manners of a skunk, the principles of a rat, the goodwill peculiar to vermin, the sincerity of the bat. When my recipe is completed, you'll find with venom it's life. For you've got yourself a loan shark, brother, the lowest form of life. Staff has lost interest in the loan shark and vice versa. We turn to Al Goodman, who turns to Hilo, Jack, and the Dane. The kids turn to their music and sing for us. People will say we're in love. Don't from the hit show Oklahoma from the state of the same name. That was I've Got Sixpence, played by Al Goodman, and is there either too sharp or too flat orchestra? 
Mr. Goodman only had time to play tuppence of the sixpence, so he really... Mr. Allen. Yes, Portland. There's a man with a violin case out in the hall. A man with a... Well, so what? Well, he says he's Mr. Albert Spaulding. Albert Spaulding? I don't know any Albert Spaulding. I did I know? Uh, well, he said something about an audition. Oh, an audition. Well, I guess word has gotten around the Musicians Union that I'm starting... I'm getting a new band. Whose band are you going to get? Well, my own band. I play the banjo, don't forget. Why, around the Steinway building, they call me the civilian Eddie Peabody. Are you going to be the leader? The leader, why not? What has Stokowski got that I won't have if I stop going to the barber shop for two years? Well, what kind of a band are you going to have? Well, a hillbilly ensemble, Portland. I'm calling it Lum Allen and his barefoot bobcat. Swing and sway with your teeth full of hay. You know, hillbilly bands are cleaning up today. Really? Oh, say, I read this week that that Al Dexter, you know, the fellow who wrote Pistol Pack and Mama, is getting $3,500 a week for personal appearances with his hillbilly outfit. Now, for $3,500 a week, I can walk around the Capitol Theater with my shirt tail out and sing off-key, too. But you haven't any band. I don't have a band. I have a booking agent over in New Jersey with a bear trap and a jug of corn liquor. Now, as soon as he catches a mess of hillbillies, he's bringing them over here. Hey, this may be Mr. Badoo, the hillbilly agent now. Come in. Ah, Mr. Badoo. Okay, Alan, we're going to start auditioning right away. Uh, uh, have you got enough hillbillies for my band? No, not yet. You're going to need three washboards, two sweet potato players, a washtub base, you on a banjo, and a hold down fiddler. Well, who have you got? Three of the hillbillies got away coming through the Holland Tunnel. Oh. I uh, managed to hold on to two. You held on. Well, who are they? Well, I got the greatest washtub base in the country. In the whole country. Jughead Jones. Jughead Jones? Yeah. Zeke Manners and two defense plants was bidding for him. <laughs> but I promised to get Jughead some old Esquire, so he's going with you. <laughs> Fine. Well, where, where is he? Jughead! Hey, Jughead! <laughs> Jughead, I want you to meet your new boss, Lum Allen. Put it there. Put it there, Jughead. Well, you can shake that in as hard as you like. <laughs> What uh, what bands have you been with, Jughead? I played first slot bucket with Xavier Culpepper and his metal media. <laughs> I also played alto jug with Pinky Barnes and his Wahoo Theron Eaters. Well, tell me, is this your instrument here, this wash tub? You bet your ever-loving Dee Dee. <laughs> it's a genuine hammocker slimmer. A genuine hammocker slimmer, eh? Yep. Well, you, uh, you know all of the standard calls and hoedowns. Well, you try me. Well, I'll try it with one of the calls. You swing me and I'll swing you. And we'll dance the same old tune. One and a two and a do see do Stand back, Bruce, because here we go. Music. 
music. That's really music, Jughead. You're hired. Now, Mr. Badoo, who is that other musician you have? Oh, he's a washboard player. Come on in, Elton. Come on, come on, come, Mr. Badoo. I'm Citizen Elton Ridden. Uh, this is Arkansas Elton, Elton. I'm glad to know you, Elton. What uh, bands have you been with? I was with every major bowl unit from 1 to 20. From 1 to 20, every major bowl unit. Hey, that's a nice instrument you have there. Well, I'll form the concert master with the Rinso White Phil Simone. The concert master with the Philharmonic, the Rinso White. Are you, uh, are you ready to audition, Elton? I'm ready to go. Let her rip. Elton, you are the Oscar Levant of the washboard. I have never heard a tone like that. That melody. Well, you're going to have the best hillbilly band in the country, Alan. Well, so far, I have a washed-up bass, a washed-up uh, washboard tenor. Next, you got to get a hold-down fiddler. Now, where can we get a hold-down fiddler? Say, uh, some guy in the hall just braced me. Yeah. He was carrying a fiddle case and a copy of Downbeat. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh... Said his name was Albert Spaulding. Albert Spaulding? Yeah, I think Portland mentioned that name before. Yeah, he gave me some line about being a Carnegie Hall. With the uh, with your all time, all time hit parade, is he with? He didn't say. I should have asked him if he knew Mark Warno. Yeah, you should have. Well, tell me, uh, can he play? Who knows? He's got a fiddle. Leave him audition. What could we lose? All right, bring him in. Folks, I want you to meet Mr. Albert Spaulding. This is the new hillbilly sensation, Lum Allen. How do you do, Lump? Uh, no, not Lump. Not Lump, Mr. Spaulding. It's Lump. I'm sorry, old man. Uh, Mr. Badoo says that you'd like to audition, Mr. Spaulding. You, uh, you play the fiddle? Yes, I'm a violinist. A violin. Hey, Badoo. All right, all right. So he don't look like a hillbilly. He can take his shoes off, stick a corn cob in his mouth, we'll know him from Spike Jones. <laughs> All right. Well, you have heard that I'm getting a band together, Mr. Spaulding. Yes, I'm anxious to play for you. You know all of the hoedown calls and musical terms? You mean like allegro, pianissimo, pizzicato? Hey, you know calls I never even heard of. Hey, how do you, uh, how do you play your fiddle? In the orthodox manner, I draw the bow over the string. I mean, do you play the fiddle uh, behind your back and under your legs, you know? <laughs> no, I'm afraid I'm old-fashioned. I hold the instrument under my chin. Under your chin. Well, I saw a fiddle player with Elmer Pincus and his hayloft toodlums. He played the fiddle with a glass of 7-Up balanced on his head. He did somersaults and played Annie Lolly. You don't do any of that, huh? No, I'm not versatile. I just stand still and scrape away. You just stand still. Well, that's too bad. You see, this band I'm getting together, Lum Allen and his barefoot bobcat, is going to be the last word. I have got to have top men. Perhaps you heard me play something that would give you an idea. All right, have you got something low down? How about Grimsky Korsakoff's Him to the Sun? Him to the Sun. Well, I tell you, you play it with the sun setting, it'll be low down. Take it away, Mr. Pauling. 
Yes, I've been playing the violin for 30 years or more. Well, it goes to show. You see, Jughead has only been playing his wash tub five years. Elton's been playing his washboard two years. You've been playing 30 years, and you're still playing it under your chin. Where, uh, where have you been playing? Well, I've, I've been on the concert stage for the past 20 years. I've toured the world. I've played at Carnegie Hall 30 times. Carnegie Hall. Let me ask you one question, Mr. Spaulding. Yes? Have you ever played on the National Bond Dance? No. Oh, that's too bad. If you only had a name like the Hoosier Hotshot, the Rubinov, or uh, Hill... A hillbilly band who's got that name? Oh, big names. How would my band look on the marquee at Elkhart, Indiana? Jughead Jones on the washtub base, Arkansas Elton on the washboard, and Mr. Albert Spaulding. You can call me Alabama Al. Alabama Al? Oh, they're a washringer. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Spaulding. We can make a fortune doing laundry on the side. Well, Mr. Spaulding, why do you want to give up your concerts in Carnegie Hall? Well, I read about that hillbilly who wrote Pistol Packing Mama getting $3,500 a week. I see. Fred, you've got to make me a hillbilly. Well, if you think you can learn those bond dance calls... I'm sure I can. Tiny. All right. Wave the ocean, wave the sea. Wave that pretty girl back to me. Swing them round and round we go. One and two and a do three do Hey, that's great, Mr. Spaulding. tell you, Mr. Spaulding, your lean days are over. <laughs> you are hired. Even with the violin under my chin? What violin? With a voice like you have, you're going to be the vocalist with my hillbilly band. All right, I start on a new career. You will be the barnyard Melchior. <laughs> you are going to complete my band. And now for our first public appearance, ladies and gentlemen, presenting the world premiere of Rum Allen and his barefoot bobcat, featuring the singing voice of Choo Choo Spaulding. <laughs> Let her rip, Professor. Thank Albert Spaulding for his visit tonight. Next week, our guest will be Ed Gardner, the famous Archie at Duffy's. Incidentally, I'm going over to see Archie on his program Tuesday, and I'm getting my English spoken so Archie will know what I'm talking about. How would you like to add anything, Jimmy? We'd all like to add something, Fred. Additional miles to our cars. And most of us can, for the average car is still good for many, many more thousands of miles if it's given the care and lubrication that make cars last. 
That's re a regular care and skilled lubrication by your neighborhood Texaco dealer. Thank you, Jimmy. This is Fred Allen speaking for Texaco dealers from coast to coast, inviting you to tune in again next Sunday night and to drive in at any time. Remember, you're welcome. Thank you. Good night.